in a good place this morning. Amen. Amen. A lot of people in good places for in church. So we're here and we <coughs> I'll just say it this way. I found out many years ago, and this has been an increasing knowledge. Is the more we accept the truth of God, the better off we are. And, and that's, a, that's a huge statement. I said, when we accept the truth of God, the better off we are. I'm uh, coming this morning, and it's, I said sometimes we have strange services. I'll tell you, sometimes it's very strange before I get to a service. And I'm not talking about something that is uh, inappropriately strange or some kind of weirdness going on. I'm talking about the strangeness of the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe more convinced all the time that we're already entered into some kind of a state of church where the Holy Spirit's been kind of shoved to the side and a lot of other things have taken place up and obviously if that be the case in the continuing case then we're going to wind up and when I say we I'm not talking here because folks I'm telling you I sense the magnitude of the Holy Spirit in this house this morning. I sense God's presence in this place God's presence to do for us to minister to us as I said earlier God is able to do things that you we certainly can he's able to reach down in our heart and, and tell us you got something going on there and, and, and let me help you allow me to help you this word helps us it empowers us Amen. Going to the book of 1 Corinthians this morning. Did several times during Sunday school to listen to Brother Tanner preach, you know, preparing for the message and such. I, well, I'm going to look at this again, and literally, I said, No, leave it alone until you get up there. And I believe there's a reason for that. God wants to say what we need to hear, God wants to say what I need to hear. And I've said this before. I could, and others do, and I, I, I'm not, I don't want to overstate or overemphasize that this is something that nobody should do. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes if we try to prepare something, every line, every line, every line, and all we do is stand and read, then we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to say what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And that's the case this morning. I don't have anything. I'm, I'm coming off the of Scripture this morning. Provided Scripture. Scripture is provided to me that in this moment of time, in this specific instance, with everyone here situated, the ones that are here this morning, others listening as well. Paul was a great apostle. Paul was a powerful apostle, full of the Holy Spirit. Well-traveled, well-versed. He said, I'm a Pharisee above Pharisees. I've done this, I've done that. 
and he did. We've spoken extensively here many times of how Paul is the most well-known writer of the, of the New Testament. How he miraculously, by the help of God, multiple times, survived. How he was able to do things that seemed to be impossible and probably to him as well at the time. But with God's help, with God's purpose in mind, he led many to Christ. The Bible doesn't record the number. Sometimes it says multitude. Sometimes it says thousands. They followed Jesus by the multitude. They followed Paul. Where he was ministering, they'd show up. He'd wipe the sweat off with a piece of cloth, give it to him, and miracles occurred just off the cloths because of the anointing that he had. We could call him a spiritually powerful individual. Able to touch God to make such a difference that he made. But he said something here in the book of 1 Corinthians I want us to look at this morning. In chapter 9. going to title this Courage to Love. Now that sounds strange. Courage to Love. What are we called to do first before anything else? Love. Matter of fact, Paul writes also in one of the letters to the Corinthians, if you don't have love, you're nothing. Nothing's nothing. Nothing doesn't exist. Right? Amen. Amen. So as love being the foundation, God is love, let us be love also. Well, what about courage to love? What's, what, what's that all about? What's courage? I spoke on courage here this past Wednesday night, I believe it was. I lose track. I bring so many things. Sometimes it just, I don't try to keep it all recorded or anything, but courage, namely, is the ability to operate through fear. Well, what's courage to love then? Because people have a fear to love. They might not admit it. They might not even realize it. They might not even recognize it within them own selves. Well, why does it take a courage to love? Because again, the first one we've got to have enough courage to deal with is ourself. Amen. Yeah. Ourself. Because this thing can get way out of line real quick if we allow it to. Mm -hmm. 
Before you can blink your eye, your love can get displaced and out of order, and before you know it, you will be way off out in a territory you don't want to be. That's why we've got to be courageous in dealing with this instant that we walk around in. Me, you, everybody. Because this, again, is our worst enemy. It can be a relationship's worst enemy, this self thing. We have to understand. I want to show you what Paul said here. Now, keep in mind who he was. At this point in time, probably the, I don't want to give unproper credit, and Paul himself diminished himself literally to nothing. He didn't, he didn't boast. He didn't say, look at me, I'm a perfect man of God at all. Matter of fact, he was very, very careful in that. We need to be too. But he says something here in the latter part of chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. And I caught it. I caught something in this. It's in verse 23. <coughs> and this I do for the gospel's sake. What does he do? Why does he do it? He continues that I might be partaker thereof with you. What is he talking about? This I do, he said, for the gospel's sake. Everything we do needs to be for the gospel's sake, folks. Amen. Not our own sake. Amen. Not anybody else's sake. When we do what we do for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of God and for the purpose of God, we're going to do well. But this thing right here messes things up sometimes. A lot of the time. And it, by human nature, we always want to be looking the other direction, away from ourselves, because we could never possibly be the culprit. We could never be the one to take... Well, this world, we live in a world that... Blame everybody else but me, huh? Amen. Yeah. Don't you pay attention to what Paul just said there in that verse. <laughs> and I want to stress this, that I might be partaker thereof with you. What he's talking about being partaker of is this glorious goal that he's trying to get everybody headed for. Yeah. We call it heaven. Amen. We call it an eternity with God. Yeah. That's what we call it. That's what, not just call it, that's what it is, right? That's right, yeah. That, that, is that not our striving and struggle or should be? Well, I'll back all the way up. Love, folks, is what's going to take us there. Love for God and love for others. Yes. we got to be courageous enough to deal with this thing, to keep it in proper order, to keep it like it's supposed to be, because the smallest little things, the little foxes are what spoil the vine, Solomon said. It's the little things that mess up everything and chew up and eventually infect the vine and everything else to go with it. Paul knew that. He was speaking of his own self. This great man of God. This awesome apostle that was responsible for founding multiple churches, writing again the New Testament. Going here and there, fighting obstacles. Wearing that full armor of God he so eloquently wrote about. Look what he says right here. This I do. 
This I do for the gospel's sake, for the sake of Christ Jesus, for the sake of what I'm supposed to be about and my place in the kingdom of God, that I might be, I might be a partaker of it all, thereof with you. He doesn't stop there. This gets interesting. He goes to a an attempt to explain again through something that the people he's speaking to are very familiar with. At least most of them. He goes to something called a race and a fight. We're all in a race, folks, and we're all in a fight. Amen. Does anybody agree with that this morning? Amen. If you would, would you please wave and acknowledge, yes, I understand we are in a race and we're in a fight. Amen. Yes. What he says in verse 24. Know you not or don't you know that they which run in a race run all but one receives the prize? Now you can take that wrong. You can take it like I'm going to be the one to win and I'm going to be the only one to win and I don't care if anybody else makes it or not. That's not what Paul's saying at all. I might sound boisterous this morning, folks. I'm not apologizing. The Holy Spirit's giving me full, full permission. Go with it. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Then he says this, so run that you may obtain. Run that you may obtain. Not that you be the only one to attain. That's not what he's saying again. Every one of you run like you're going to be the one to attain. How do we do that? What's he talking about? What's he really trying to bring forth here? If everybody in the race, you know, we're, we're so used to competition in, in our culture especially, then nobody else is supposed to win. Nobody else is supposed to do good. Nobody else is supposed to advance. Just us. Hmm? That's the attitude of our society. Right. And the attitude of our society, like everything else, affects the attitude of the church when we let it in. Paul is so knowledgeable and understanding of this, he, he's, he's so emphatic here you got to understand this, this picture. In verse 25, he says, And every man that strives for the mastery, every man, every person that strives, that's key. They're striving in the race. They're striving in it. We ain't got to the fight yet. <coughs> if you're serious about obtaining the trophy or the crown or the glory or the eternity of heaven, if you're serious about that, you're going to be striving for it. Amen. It's not a lay me down, done deal. I'll pick it up one of these days when it gets here either. 
we're going to keep doing this till the Lord comes back or till we're out of here. We're going to stay in the race and we're going to stay in the... Well, we don't have to. We can quit like many have. Lay it down, give it up. But we stay in the fight. This gets better. Don't you listen to what Paul says. I want you to remember what verse 23 where we started out. Read it again. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. He's self-controlled. That's huge. He has control. What's he got control of? All the other runners? Some want that. Some want to tell everybody else what to do. Doesn't matter what they're doing. He's not talking about that. He's talking about this guy. Self, us, we. Temperate in all things. Self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's called temperance. What is self-control? How do you control self? Self, be nice now. <laughs> or self, don't be nice. See, it can go either way, right? So what are we doing when we're controlling self? Who are we responsible for? How much responsible? What you know, hey, we're in the middle of this. What's he really talking about? If you're really after the crown, he mentions that here. Listen. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Now he's talking about these runners out here actually running the race. This comparison that he's making here, a physical thing to a spiritual. <clears throat> They do it to, to obtain a corruptible crown, something that's going to go away one day, something that's not going to exist anymore, something that's going to wind up ashes or crumbs. But listen to what he says. But we, an incorruptible, we do it for an incorruptible crown. It's never going to dissolve. It's never going to be tainted. It's never going to rust. It's never going to be corrupt. Because it's eternal and it's of God. Amen. He's reminding here, this is what we're doing in this race. I, therefore, he says, me, Sometimes I pause. I'm pausing for a reason. Me. Ah. Paul couldn't say this unless he'd already done it, okay? And not just one time. Because he knows what he's saying here is a continual thing. There is not a finish line until we get to the finish line of glory. Amen? Amen. In the earthly sense, a race, there's always a ribbon. There's always a marker. There's a laser now or whatever that signifies, okay, you're done. You can stop now. We can't stop now. We've got to keep running. We've got to keep going. 
But it gets very interesting, some more things he says right here. And, and I think if we're taking this this morning like we should, we've got to put, every one of us has got to put ourselves right here and realize some things. First of all, the race is not just about us. It's not just about me. It's about everybody else in it. Well, what does that mean? Look across the house. Uh-huh. What's that mean? I think it means helping other people win too. Amen. That's right. in some training one time that required a lot of endurance endurance running just very enduring and you literally wear out but you had to keep going because if you quit you're in big trouble and we were taught if your buddy fell you better stop and pick him up because if you passed him or you ignored him or you thought good enough for you or whatever. There was real problems after the fact. Paul changes course now. He's talking about a race. He says in 26, I therefore so run not as uncertainly. I'm serious. I'm serious about what I'm running, not with, but about. I'm sincere in my efforts. I'm reading between the lines here, receiving. I'm as interested about other people winning as I'm interested about me winning. Amen. Amen. Because I want all of us to win. Yeah. And why? this is why I'm telling you this, he's saying. I want you to win. I want you to do well. I want you to do good. I want you to ascend. I want you to receive. The same thing I'm running and fighting for. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not fighting the air. There's nothing there. Now you're going to get the essence of what he's saying here in a minute. I'm going to give it to you. You're not just punching thin air. You're not punching space. You've got a real target. Amen. Anybody like to know what that target is? Hmm? Our goal is heaven, but here, you know what the target is? Us, self. Saying this is serious business. 
This is a task you must take on, and you must take it on absolutely correctly or you'll never get it. What it says in verse 27. This is where we're going. But I keep under my body. That kind of throws a lot of people. I've talked to people. What's that mean? Keep under my body. Sound like you sat down on something. Or laying down on something. The Greek word is hupotheazo, and it means this. It means to strike right under the eye. To throw a blow right under the eye. Whose eye? Oh, the assailant out there. Somebody else. Kick them while they're down. Smur them while you can. No, he's talking about his own. And we're talking about a great man of God. We're talking about one of the great apostles, maybe the greatest that ever lived. He wouldn't tell you that, and I'm not going to tell you that because he wouldn't want me to tell you that. Again. Take that right hook and throw it right into this spot, right under your eye, because it's going to do some good. Amen. I'm going to say it this way. I'm not asking to excuse me. I'm going to clarify what I'm about to say after I say it. You've got to take the courage of love and knock the hell out of your life. And when I say hell, I'm talking about the attributes of it. I'm talking about all this other junk that people carry around and affect everybody else with. And themselves worse than anybody else. What am I talking about then? How about unforgiveness? How about envy and spite? How about bitterness? Keep in mind, Paul is talking about what he needs to do to himself. Where does that leave us? Why does all this need to be said? Because he's trying to take these people where, first of all, God wants them to go. We're trying to take people where God wants them to go, aren't we? Yeah. We're trying to get ourselves there. Anybody want to raise your hand and say, I disagree that I'm not interested in going? I didn't think so. We're trying to get where the Lord wants us to go. We're trying to get where we, I hope you want to go. But not just you. I hope you are to the point where you want to take other people with you. Yes. Everybody with you, you can. That's right. Especially the body of believers, right? Amen. Bible points us that direction. Do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. Then this is powerful. Powerful. I keep under my body. Now, if you research this, this literally means beat yourself to a pulp. Black your eyes. And I'm not making this up. This is exactly, if you'll research the Greek, what he's saying. Make yourself black and blue. Because that's what I have to do. A man like him to stay where he needs to be with God, to stay in the spiritual ability and to remain empowered of the Holy Spirit like God has empowered him. Folks, this is what we got to do. We got to whoop self. One time? Twice? How about continually? Because that's directly the emphasis here. 
When Christians learn to do that, they will be improved by it. I was thinking this as I was kind of rolling around. Sometimes you've got to knock yourself completely out. Stars fly everywhere, and you don't know what happened for a while, but when you wake up, you got a different vision than what you had when you went down. Amen. There's two sides to that coin, and the flesh knows it's not boss anymore. Because spirit man is dealt the blow. Spirit man fighting flesh man or flesh woman. Well, how hard a punch should I throw and hit myself under the eye? I'm speaking spiritual. Don't don't anybody go home and practice this in physical, <laughs> by the way. But think of it spiritually, seriously. Are you willing to have enough courage to love other people, to beat yourself up that you can love better than you did? That can, you can do more for God than you have been. Mike, our missionary, used to come here and he had this and it's a, I don't know if I'm getting exactly right, but think, if you always think like you always think, you'll always do what you've always done, then you'll always be what you've always been. And if we don't do something about this thing, we're going to always be like we've always been. Right. Yeah. Right. The same stuff that Paul is, oh, and, and I understand, folks, some of the things that I'm saying are not literally in the Scripture. I'm bringing you this, this totality underneath what we're seeing under the eye caught this thing. people can shine their eyes but what's under them what's behind the scenes what, what's our character makeup <coughs> devious manipulative again envious spiteful belligerent hateful some of this stuff doesn't readily come out. I mean, the eye looks great. That's why we've got to give ourselves a good sock in it sometimes and help it to straighten out yeah. things inside of us. I think Paul was absolutely speaking personally, really, and, and at the same time trying to lead these others to the understanding of what he's talking about, that it's necessary and essential that we brutalize ourselves sometimes. If we don't, what do you think the condition's going to remain? What it always was. Right? Or, or get worse. No, it, it usually gets worse when we don't do something about it. I've been out here all this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where Paul was at, up close and personal, all right? Matter of fact, that's where God wants to go, up close and personal with us. He wants to shake our tree. Courage to love. That may seem an odd title for this, but it's all over. Because again, we've got to have the courage to deal with ourselves. It's easy to blame somebody else. 
It's easy to throw stones at somebody else, right? Isn't that a lot easier than throwing them at yourself? Sure it is. See, all the difference is made in how we do what we do. So if we're in the race together and we're in the fight together, that means I'm going to be critical of you. I don't have to like you. It's okay. <laughs> Get that? He's still in the race, by the way. Amen. I just stepped out of it. See what I just, that's just an example. Yeah. I just got it. I'm done. I've done affected everybody. Attitudes. Personalities. Character. Paul's all over it right here. If we will allow ourselves, we can be the best character gestures that we've got with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we can do some brutal damage to some of the little hindering things that cause us so much issues. Listen to the last. This is this man of God talking. This is this powerful preacher talking. This is this guy who has performed by the power of God miracles uncountable. Led multitudes to Christ and to the cross. Look right here what he says. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Amen. Teach this thing what it is going to do and what it's not going to do. Get it under submission. Beat it up. Lest that by any means pay attention to this. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, when I have taught others, when I have nurtured others, when I have been the mentor of others, I myself should be a castaway. I'll never get to cross the finish line. I'll be rejected is what that means. It's actually identified with Romans 128 where the Lord used the word reprobate. Very strong connection. What if I do all this? And at the end, because I have not kept myself where I need to be, because I have, I have not courageously dealt with myself that I could properly and godly love other people, then where's that going to leave me at? I've ministered at this church for almost 26 years. What good does it do me to teach and preach and lead and help other people if I'm not going to do it myself? Like we know the answer. Would you stand? I understand what I've 
ministers don't understand it. It's a tremendous lot of work. It's not an easy thing. First thing, you know, we don't want to identify with what's wrong with us. And I'm going to tell you something. What's wrong with us, folks, affects other people. And if it's negative stuff in us, I'm going to tell you how it's going to affect other people. It's going to affect them negatively. Come on. Then what have you got? You got a canker started. And it grows. It festers. But you see, we have the scriptural authority, the wonderful godly advice by a man called Paul, inspired of the Holy Spirit, that when we take this thing on, come here, Carl. Buddy, you just got chose for example this morning. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people in here fit this description. I was guided to him this morning. I know this guy is a changed man. A God-changed man. My brothers in here, women as well, everybody. Did you not have to fight self to start with? That's the first one, right? You had to deal with self, didn't you? Like everybody else. And don't think that's a one-time thing, folks. We got to deal with self every second of every day. And make sure this thing is not doing something. It's damaging and hurtful. Come on. Amen. But glorifying God. Amen. Come on. We've got to hurt ourselves to make ourselves better. That's right. I'm going to give you an insight like Paul did. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. In closing, <clears throat> you can remain standing for about two seconds. You can't fight sitting down anyway, usually. <laughs> Standing up's a good stance. When you're running as well, you can't run sitting down. Right. Well, Rebecca can. She's good at that. Man. She won't <laughs> let nothing stop her. I watch her. Uh, Paul, in a big way, is talking about it's conditioning ourselves with some brutality and some a lot of things goes along with that spiritual conditioning ourselves, getting ourselves in shape, getting ourselves to the point where we can achieve and where we're. We're, we're, we're drawing glory for the Lord, okay? Amen. Not that we won't glorify ourselves. That's We don't belong in that realm. We don't glorify ourselves. We glorify God. Amen. There's something I've been observing, and it's, it's, uh, I'm going to pick on Zale now. Uh, he's been conditioning in, in running, cross-country, uh, rigorous, rigorous, uphill, downhill, all that stuff. And uh, gone through a lot of strenuous things, a lot of painful painful just you know your legs swell it hurts you know you got to get your win you got to get all this going and, and through a process and I was so amazed yesterday I didn't get to be there because I had to go to a, a funeral in Tulsa um, and I try to go to all my grandkids functions the best I can I and mean, I think that's important uh, family function but anyway he ran a race yesterday morning in Sulphur and I'm talking about conditioning again this is what conditioning does this is what preparation does this is what swiddling the fat off does, okay? I'm talking spiritually. Listen to me. 100 and how many? 159 runners. He comes in third. Amen. Amen. And I believe if you ask him, I'm speaking for him, that wasn't all Zale, even though he worked hard. 
Even though he tore some things away that needed to be tore away, quit, quit the sugar, quit all that stuff away. He knew what he had to do. He beat himself up. Take sugar away from a kid nowadays, buddy. You're beating them up. <laughs> <laughs> but it prevailed. But God, the glory goes to God. Amen. Just an example. Let us be about it. Let us be about the fight. Let us be about the race. Involved in it for everybody else. Put himself last. Because that's what gets us. Bolster that courage to deal with old self. To engage in battle. To run for the good cause and the cause of all. Amen. Lord bless you this morning. Let's just dismiss right here. Let me remember next Sunday after church about 3, 4 o'clock. Meet at Camp Bond. That's where the anniversary church anniversary. Please come. Please come. Please come. Food, food, good time, fellowship, all kinds of good things. Uh, anyway, God bless you in fellowship. Go and have a great time today. Give God all the glory. Amen. 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 Amen.